Welcome to the CR Checkup Podcast. My name is John. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ that struggles with drugs, alcohol, pride, and control. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the CR Checkup Podcast. I'm so excited to see each and every one of you here today. I hope that I got a chance to see you either on Monday night at our Goodyear campus or on Wednesday night at our Buckeye campus. But either way, whether you come to one of our groups or you don't, you're in a different state or in a different country, or you simply just missed because uh, you couldn't be there. We love you. Uh, we're, we're super excited that you're joining in on the conversation here today. And uh, this past Wednesday, we had a testimony, and I'm super excited to have a conversation um, with the gal who came out. So I've got her right here. Would you be willing to introduce yourself? Yes, John. Thank you. Hi, Forever Family. My name is Chelsea, and I am a grateful believer in the healing powers of Jesus Christ. And I struggle with uh, sex addiction and codependency. Hey, Chelsea. Thanks so much for being here today. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me on, John. Absolutely. So um, we got a chance to have you out on Wednesday night. And thank you so much. You, you came out a little ways, right? You're, you're in the West Valley, but, but not... Not quite as far as us out here in Buckeye, huh? That's right. It was only a 20-minute drive. It wasn't too, too bad. There you go. So I appreciate you coming out. And uh, let me just say, absolutely, the conversations that we had, uh, so many people were just really impacted by your story. And that's just what I love so much about having testimonies come. Um, just the, the opportunity to hear people's perspectives and to be able to just gather up new tools and, and new uh, ways that we can kind of take out and apply uh, to our lives. And so, um, yeah, just super grateful for your willingness to do that. And uh, it was actually one of the first times that you got a chance to, to share at a CR. Is that true? Yeah, it was uh, a little nerve wracking being up there. I don't think I was prepared to hold the mic and flip papers at the same time. That took a little extra <laughs> coordination. Um, but I'm super uh, grateful to hear that it was impactful and it touched the people in the groups, um, maybe in a, in a new way, in a different way um, than what they're maybe used to hearing up there from a female. So uh, I think that was, was good perspective and good light. Yeah. And uh, thanks for that extra little insight. Some people, you know, don't even know about with the flipping of the papers and with the microphone, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's little things like that. Not a lot of people think about, you know, so uh, yeah. there's, there's an added bonus for those out there who haven't shared their testimony yet. You know, let, let ministry leaders like me know, Hey, that's not going to work, man. I need a stand or something. I heard on a, on a podcast. So this is not going to be great. <laughs> the stand was helpful. I, uh, I will be doing uh, alternating dog years on my paper for tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So um, again, thanks for coming out. Uh, super impactful. But for those who are listening, who didn't get a chance to come out um, or they are in a different state, different country, uh, would you just mind sharing with them just a little bit, kind of what brought you into Celebrate Recovery, kind of your process in it and uh, kind of where you're at now? Yeah, absolutely. So, although I might need a reminder on the second two things. So, what <laughs> no brought me in? What was the next one? Just kind of what it was like going through recovery and kind of where you're at. Okay, perfect. So, um, I grew up pretty, you know, normal American households uh, with its fair share of problems that were swept under the rug um, because we don't share our family problems. And, um, 
I love how that's the typical like American family, right? It's, it, it's totally, so true. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Totally. Everything looks perfect on the outside, but it's, you know, falling apart on the inside. Mm-hmm. And um, we kind of had a little bit of a, um, a sever with my parents and um, that just kind of set me off and my rebellious side kind of kicked in. Well, not kind of, it kicked in <laughs> and uh, I ran away from home at 18 with a brand new youth minister and um, realized what the full spectrum of abuse was like and um, and getting some distance away from that and talking to people about it, I realized just how bad it had gotten. And um, so all of that trauma um, was just kind of stuffed and not dealt with, but it really took, um, uh, my self-esteem took a pretty big hit. And um, I dealt with that the best way I knew how to. And that was trying to um, validate myself with others' opinions of me instead of who God says that I am. Yeah. And um, through that, um, there was some um, some porn usage. And uh, I had never actually told anybody about that. And, you know, even when I um, got engaged to my now husband, um, I never let him in on any of that and thought that the the porn would go away because I'm, you know, getting married and right. uh, entering into that new relationship. And, um, and it didn't. Mm. And um, that was kind of what the addiction looked like for a while. Um until I kind of had another break or bottom point um, with some um, accusatory um, statements from my spouse, and um, and it just took my my addiction into physical infidelity instead of digital infidelity, mm-hmm. and uh, that was a really ugly turn, and. Um, Basically, I had some rules I crafted for myself for how to keep myself safe in my addiction. And um, I did that for probably close to 10 years. Yeah. And um, the end result was, um, and actually this isn't in my testimony because I had a hard time fitting it in. Um, You know, I tried to quit on my own. And I know that kind of is the segue into some of the yeah. step stuff. Um, and I, you know, I contacted all the people that I had been inappropriate with um, and said, Hey, it's, it's done. It's over. Not, you know, to me, it's not you. Yeah. Nice knowing you, uh, but I'm, I'm done with this game. Yeah. And um, I was all proud of myself. You know, this is, this is it. This is, you know, it's done. I don't need to do anything about it after this. And uh, I actually met up with one of them for what I thought was going to be like dinner. And it uh, it turned into assault. And uh, mm-hmm. so that was pretty unfortunate because um, I thought I had done all the right things. And, you know, I had to walk through, through that trauma. And that was really, really hard. Um, to walk through trying to figure out like 
did I do something that like subconsciously was I looking right. for that, you know, cause I had been right. in the past, you know, yeah. or was I not clear all those things? And and that was, that was pretty hard. Um, that's like, that actually happened while I was, um, you know, still, um, here in Arizona. So, um, well, and not to mention while you're trying to do get on the right track, right. Right. Trying Which, to do the right thing, but mind you on my own power. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't stepped, you know, foot into a, a recovery room yet. I was going to therapy, um, but it wasn't enough. And yeah. um, so that, you know, insanity cycle kind of continued and spun out of control. You know, I can place my my addiction timeline, my trauma timeline and my weight timeline like all on top of each other chronologically. And uh, you can see some definite patterns there. Right. Yeah. And uh, bottom line, I started having anxiety attacks at work and those were really rough. It was like one, like last, well, it was actually my very first anxiety attack and um, it lasted like two weeks. Oh my goodness. (laughs) It was insane. I mean, it like, it ebbed and flowed, but it never actually went away. Sure. And um, so that's when um, I actually, I want to say I had started Celebrate Recovery January of 18. And then um, at the end of January into February is where I had the panic attack. And mm-hmm. I worked with our ministry leader to get, um, into an intensive outpatient program. Yeah. And that was crucial. So between IOP and um, my CR family, they carried me through everything. That's so during IOP is when my sobriety date is. And um, I think the other big element in my story was the lack of discovery Um, Mm. And for a while, that's what made me a snowflake in the program. And, you know, I was really having trouble identifying um, with other people in S-related programs because, you know, they were all in the rooms because they had been discovered and I hadn't been discovered um, by my spouse. And so that was really tricky and really hard. And writing that, um, that disclosure letter and running that through my accountability partners and um, the ministry leader, my therapist, his therapist, yeah. uh, man, that was, Ooh, that was not fun. <laughs> um, and that was, I don't want to say it was almost harder than getting sober. I think that was harder than getting sober um, wow. because I was feeling all those feelings and I knew that my entire world could blow up. Yeah. Like, I could lose my marriage, my kids, my job within a day. Yeah. Depending on how he received that information. And so like I'm shaken just saying that out loud. Like that wow. was that was yeah. tough. Sometimes I still, you know, wait for that other shoe to drop because I know he's doing his own, you know, therapy work. And like I don't know when they're gonna start talking about me. Sure. Um so I think that fear is, you know, still always in the back of my mind, but I do know that God's got it and he's got me and I'm just showing up honestly. Yeah. <laughs> and that's uh the be- that's the best I can do. Um I can't change what I've done in the past, but I can change how I show up presently 
um, every day. And uh, yeah, so that was, you know, since that, I would say it's been, it's been a hard journey, um, but it's definitely been worth it. Um, I know that I don't graduate from Celebrate Recovery, right? Right, it's just, right. You know, you work the steps and then you work them again and then you work them again because there's always <laughs> something else to work on. And you did a beautiful job um, sharing about like, it doesn't matter what step we're on because there's always something that's applicable. Right. So, um, yeah, I love I love newcomers now, you know, when mm-hmm. we get newcomers in, it just is so wonderful and refreshing to um, remember what it's like to be in that seat and not get complacent where we are like, Oh no, I'm totally cool. No, right. no. I'm still, you know, my sponsor, she's like, doesn't matter how much time I have in recovery. I'm still the same distance from the gutter. Right. Like, that is so true. You could have one day, you can have a thousand days, you could have 10,000 days you're still the same distance from the gutter. Yeah. Um, and that's a really sobering reminder about why it's a one day at a time program. Right. You know? Yeah. So um, I love my forever family. Y'all are amazing. And it truly is a family. You know, you can walk into oh, any yeah. CR and know that you're going to be loved. You're not going to be judged. It doesn't matter what you've done. Like, it doesn't matter. You're going to be loved right where you are. And, um, I think that, that love and that acceptance is what kept me coming back. Um, because that's what I really wanted and really needed with where I was. Yeah. I, uh, it actually reminds me of kind of something that you had said in your testimony about, um, the opposite of, of, um, addiction isn't sobriety, right? It's, connection connection that's right and that's That's huge right right? yeah i think that that's so important huge yeah having the relationships and understanding we and we this got talked a lot about in our group of of like yeah just because i'm sober today doesn't mean that i get to do whatever i want right and uh Mm -hmm. and it's important for me to have the relationships and different people in my life to help keep me in check and and do the things that i need to do so um but i really loved what you had had to say about um just kind of that discovery not being, and I've in your in your story, and and I've heard this a lot in different people's stories in different ways about. Um, we have this idea, or I have this idea of what a person should look like or should go through in order for me to be able to admit that this is something I'm struggling with or it's something that I need to deal with. And, um, I'm always intrigued, uh, by people's stories when they say, you know, I made a decision and even though I didn't look like the, the, or the, the circumstances weren't exactly what I thought that they needed to be in order for me to make this choice. Mm -hmm. Uh, but instead I made that decision and, you know, you kind of had mentioned this is like, you knew the, the repercussions and the potential consequences, um, from writing the disclosure letter. Uh, but you chose to do it anyway. Right. And um, I think that (laughs) that's huge. And I think that that, that can totally lead us into our conversation about step two, because right now in our group, we're talking about step two, learning to believe that a a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Um, What would compel a person (laughs) to say, I know that 
this could be really uh, difficult and there could be mm-hmm. a lot of issues that come out of this, um, but yeah. I believe it's the right thing to do. I would say, you know, it's a combination between program and the Bible, right? So mm-hmm. program tells us rigorous honesty. Yeah. And I do believe in that um, because as addicts, we're real good about lying about everything, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so the rigorous honesty piece is very important, but even more than that for me is what the Bible says about truth, right? Mm. It's all going to come to light. Yeah. Right. And is that something that, well, you know, and honestly, let's be fair. Maybe it's a little bit of a control issue too, because Mm. with me doing the disclosure, then I had control. On the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I really appreciate that honesty for sure. Yeah. <laughs> because if, if I had just been like, okay, I've dealt with the issue, but I'm not actually going to bring it up and I'm not going to talk about it and I'm not going to share it with my spouse. I don't know that I could have ever gotten to a place where I could have been truly vulnerable and truly intimate with him. Yeah. Because it would have always been in the back of my mind. And then what if he finds out? And I've been working a recovery program for a decade, but didn't tell him why. (laughs) Like, I mean, none of that even makes sense. And I knew that I couldn't show up 100% if I wasn't 100% honest. Yeah. And I was tired of living a lie. It was exhausting. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that the road on the other side is, is easy. I mean, like, oh, I can't go to my friend's house? Yeah. Oh. Oh, because you think I'm going to cheat on you. Okay. Well, that's a legitimate concern. And that's one that I'm going to have to deal with for maybe years and years and maybe forever. Right. But what is it? It's a consequence for my actions. Right. Right. And so walking through that with him, not shaming him, and kind of, I don't want to say eating crow because it doesn't rub it in my face, but sure. just accepting that as a consequence for my poor behavior in the past, it just is what it is, you know, and I yeah. get upset and mad and stomp my feet. And then I get over it and remember that it's a pretty legitimate consequence for, you know, the way I acted. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, in, in even bringing it back to step two is like, there's hope though. Right. Like, and there's, there's a certain level of, at some point it was, I, and I mean to frame, frame this more in the question, did at some point you, you say, okay, this is really difficult. There's tons of repercussions or there's potential repercussions. You know, this, I'm in a bad place, but I see that there's hope that there's, that God can restore me, that there's potential to restore these relationships. Um, you know, was there that silver lining kind of with step two yeah. of saying like, I believe that a power greater than me could restore me to sanity. Yeah. And I think it's, what is it? Romans eight twenty eight. you know, um, God will do, what is it? Immeasurably God will work more. all things. Um, is it eight twenty eight That he'll work all things for our good. To, yeah. Whichever verse that one is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of where I landed with that. Like, yeah. Even if everything blows up, he's going to work it for good. Mm. And I know 
that I believe in Jesus Christ. I know that I believe in God and I know that I believe that his word is truth. Yeah. And so if he says that, and I believe who God says he is, then I believe that those words are true. And yeah. that's literally where that hope was founded in. Because yeah. that was all I had left to hold on to. That was it. Because I do you no think of anything. Right. And do you think that without that, that you would have been Ooh. able to find that hope? Because I and I, I'm <laughs> I, thinking about the I, listeners I now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and that's I mean, where like program, yeah, you've got the rigorous honesty, but I don't I don't know that I would have had that hope if I didn't know who my higher power was. Totally. And that's why, yeah. and and I, I agree with you wholeheartedly because at the end of the day, when it comes to steps two and three, as we're considering our higher power and building relationship with him, I mean, there's so much that goes into it and it's, it's the genius of the, the, pro, the progress of the process is like understanding that this beginning part, understanding I'm not God, and then trying to understand who he is, is pivotal. Because when it comes to writing a disclosure letter and and confessing the things to the people that I love and the people that I've wronged, that just sounds insane, right? If we don't, (laughs) if it it, is, (laughs) right? But but there, it It is in the world's eyes. In the world's eyes. And, right. and this is what's different than what we're doing. And, but it's, it's just going to be impossible. We see, and we know now that it's absolutely necessary. Like on absolutely. the other side of recovery, like being in it, it's insane that we would ever think that we would have so many things inside of our lives that we would have to write a disclosure letter. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's insane mm-hmm. now to me to think like, I mean, I've been, I just went through my steps again and the listeners know this and it's like, Oh my gosh, man, it's, in, it's crazy how things can just build up, um, yep. you know, with just out of nowhere. Right. Right. And I've been Absolutely. in the program for six years now and it's like, geez, dude, you know, I'm working my program. You would think that there wouldn't be anything on my step four anymore, but here, yeah. you know, it continues right. to, to go forward. Resurfaces or you got stuff that comes up, but you know, I do find though that almost like we're harder on ourselves as we oh, go through sure. steps because we see things with a new lens and a new light. And so something that might be a big deal to us now, we wouldn't have even thought twice about before. And I just appreciate how it makes us better humans. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. John, I- I'd love to share one thing that kind of uh, popped up for me while I was um, kind of sharing my testimony. It's It's not... It's not quite step two related, but it just keeps popping up in my spirit. So I just want to throw it out there. Yeah. Um, You know, one of the things that I really struggled with was like walking in, right? Mm -hmm. Was what is my bottom? Because you hear Mm -hmm. people's bottom stories and they, I mean, the world just blows up, right? They get arrested. They go to jail. They're family finds out, their husband finds out, whatever it is, financial implications, it blows up. And I, I really struggled walking through those doors and being like, is this my bottom? Right. What is bottom? Like, I don't, I don't want it to get worse. Is it going to get worse before it gets better? You know, and, and the ministry leader really had to talk me through like it doesn't have to blow up, Chelsea. Yeah. 
Yeah. It do- doesn't have to get that bad. You can decide here and exactly. now that this is as low as you want to go. And and I don't think I really got that until she explained it to me. Yeah. Um, I just thought it had to blow up before it could get better. But your bottom is where you decide steps one, two, and three, right? You decide mm-hmm. I can't. Enough God is enough. Can, yeah. And I will let him. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be all blown up. Yeah. It can just be, this is enough. I'm just done. Right. You know, where you're done as a person, not where somebody else tells you you're done. Yeah. No, so I agree wholeheartedly. And, yeah. And I appreciate that because the, and this is the, I don't want to say funny, but um, the ironic part to that is that, man, I've had, pl- I mean, I, a, a lot happened to me, you know, um, in my bottom was pretty messy, but even I didn't think, you know, I felt like I had a lot much further to go, you know, and that's the thing yeah. is like the bottom increases as my depravity increases, you know, um, I'm willing yeah. to do more and more and give up more and more, the more and more I lose. It's, it's just continues to go. And that's what's really that's difficult about it. Yeah. It just keeps on progressing past us. You know, I, I, very early on in my drug career, I did all the things that I said I would never do. And so I had to come Mm -hmm. up with new things that I would never do to keep me feeling okay with the things I was doing. Right. You are so spot on about that. Yeah. I never looked at it from that lens. That's really great. And, and that's the thing. And, and I love hearing uh, testimonies like this because there's, there is a, there is a number of people that are going to relate to my story and they say, wow, yeah, John, like I was there too. I lost, you know, a lot of stuff and da, 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 da. And so I appreciate, but we need more people who were, who are willing to say, Hey, I didn't lose it all. Uh, and this is what was going on inside of my life. And I was able to make a choice because recovery does look like this too. Um, because mm-hmm. there's such a number of people out there that are really struggling with a lot of things. And just because they're not on the corner or because they're, you know, not in a hospital or in a rehab or whatever, they think that the bottom is supposed to look like for them, that they can't reach right. out and ask for help. And it's right. a lie. You know, we, we don't have to get to those points. Like you said, it, it's, it doesn't have to be that way. And I really want to be in the business of helping people to not spiral down into, you know, the, the addictions that I had or anybody else had that we can mm-hmm. identify the emotional unhealth before it ever degenerates into, uh, you know, life-threatening or, you know, uh, life-threatening in, you know, my health or in my relations, whatever it may be. Right. And uh, yeah, that, I, so I think that's that's absolutely wonderful. And we need to keep reminding people that. And that's what reminds us uh, when a newcomer comes in, right? We say, oh, we see it. And, and we're reminded of, mm-hmm. hey, you know what? This is another thing. Because uh, this is the other part, I think, too. And I love sharing this with testimonies is, is um, I try to understand that if somebody's done something that I haven't done, it's not because I wouldn't do it. It's just that it never happened. Right. Right. And, right. And, and, and I know that to be true because again, like I just said, I did all kinds of stuff that I never said I would do. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what, you know, the, the disease is all about. It's just pulling us into depths that we never thought we would go into. And so right. when we hear stories and instead of saying, well, I didn't do that, so I can't relate, or I can't admit that I'm at the beginning stages of that. But to be able to see it and say, 
that's where I'm heading. If I don't interrupt this now, you know, yeah, no matter what. Well, and that's one of the things that, uh, you know, I, I don't often hear women's testimonies talking about us related addictions yeah. and, um, and just, you know, what you said just there about like stopping it before it gets there. Right. I mean, mine went further than I ever thought it would. Right. Yeah. And how did it start? Right. It started with selfies so that people would tell me I'm pretty. Right. How many people have fallen into that trap? Yeah. I, I don't know of many people that haven't right. fallen into that trap, you know, because we're looking to others to help us feel good about ourselves. Right. And I mean, truly that's, that's a big place where it started for me. Yeah. And I look at, you know, how prevalent social media is and all these different apps and, you know, how you relate to other people and, oh, this will be safe with this person. I know them. Right. And, yeah. and that rabbit hole. Um, and it just gets really slippery and really scary, really quick. Right. Um, you know, I started questioning myself, like, didn't I tell this person this already? You know, I started doing the math and I got up to 10. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, I have 10 people on my list. I didn't even yeah. know I had that many people, you know, I mean, that was kind of a, a disgusting slap in the face for me personally. Um, well, you had I mentioned this, yeah, I'm ahead. sorry to cut you off, but I, uh, you had mentioned this about kind of as it related to abuse is understanding that it, it doesn't go one to 100 right away. Right. It's five, oh, yeah. 10, 15, so 20 and so know, on and so forth. That was pretty powerful for me. And you know, God, God doesn't cause abuse, right? Yeah. Does he allow it? Well, I mean, I kind of walked into it, you know, I, I saw a hilarious meme that had um, a person with a bunch of red bandanas tied together and made a scarf. And it said, I made a scarf of all the red flags you gave me, right? <laughs> and that was essentially <laughs> what I had done. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I excused a lot of little things and all of those little things added up and it all yeah. ended up being very poor boundary work on my part. That doesn't excuse what he did. Absolutely um, not. But that's, you know, it didn't go from, oh, everything's great to I'm being choked and slapped and raped that it didn't yeah. go from zero to a hundred it went from a raised voice to, yeah. you know, a thrown pillow to some neglect to, yeah. you know, tightening up the finances, you know, things like that, where it was right. just a little, little incremental stuff that it's like, well, they didn't mean it. Oh, well, yeah. you know, and I consider myself a fairly strong personality, outgoing, independent person. And I, wasn't able to leave on my own. You know, I always had in the past been like, I don't get this whole battered wife thing. Like, why don't you just leave? And you can't. Yeah. I was there. I tried calling 911 and he picked up the other phone. This was, you know, before cell phone days. Sure, um, sure. 
you know, and would dial other numbers. So I couldn't dial 911 or he would take my keys and I was isolated, you know, and that's part of the, the strategy is isolating the person from their network. So I didn't have any family I could go to. I didn't have any family because I ran away yeah. to Louisiana. <laughs> yeah. you know? So it's, it's kind of scary that, that escalation. And, um, and I didn't know how bad it was until I started talking. I was like, Oh, that's not normal. Oh, right. Well, and I think that's the thing about even if it doesn't progress to zero to 100 right away, sometimes the realization feels like it was zero to 100. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think, and the reason I bring that up as well is, is it's the same, um, for, you know, addictions, process addictions, any types of struggles, it's the same. It doesn't go to zero to 100. It's 5%, 10% tiny, you know, decimals of, of percentages even. And until one day, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize what was happening, but we do steps four. Exactly. And and that's why it's so important to do things like step four and we're getting ahead Mm -hmm. of ourselves, of course, but, but, (laughs) but we can then begin to see and kind of add up. And we look at those, you know, to use your analogy, we, we see those red flags. Now we say, wow, I really need to have a better understanding of what this looks like. So I don't do it again. And also so that I can heal from those things that happen understanding uh, what those things, the impact that those things had on my life. So, so good. And uh, we could definitely talk for much, much longer. We are running out of time, (laughs) (laughs) but if you would um, please just share with somebody, um, uh, you kind of already talked to newcomers a little bit. So would you just share, okay, hopefully my biggest hope is somebody is listening right now because one of their friends said, hey, I know that you said you would never go to Celebrate Recovery and it's not for you, mm. but you just got to listen to this testimony. Um, what would you tell them? You know, they feel like Celebrate Recovery is not for them. They don't need to go there, um, but they're just listening because their friend made them. What would you tell them? Oh, man. <laughs> I would... Well, I'm kind of sassy, so I might initially <laughs> throw out a challenge and ask you if you've ever been angry or unhappy. Mm, yeah, <laughs> totally. Because it's for her tablets and hangups, right? Right. Um, but truly, what I would say is, you know, the family talk is not just a catchphrase. Right. Um, I. I was very isolated and alone and I made myself that way so that I could defend where I was because the world says be independent. You can do everything on your own. Um, And I did for a really long time and I was not satisfied and I did not have joy and I did not have happiness. And I can truly say that, you know, through walking through those doors and working a program and spending time with these crazy people who I call my accountability <laughs> partners, right? And my forever family. I have joy. Mm. I have peace. I have happiness. I have serenity. And the world can't take that from me because I know whose I am, but I wouldn't have gotten there had it not been for CR. Yeah. And mm. if you think you're special, we, we all think we're special. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. We're all God's creation 
and we're all the same. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much, Chelsea. And I hope that we can uh, have you out again. I'm actually going to be going out and sharing at uh, your test, your uh, celebrate recovery here in a couple of weeks. So looking forward Mm -hmm. to, yeah, looking forward to that. And um, we're looking forward to having you. Sweet. We'll uh, talk to you next time. Sounds good, John. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the CR Checkup Podcast. This podcast is meant to start conversations, not end them. So we hope that you continue to have conversations wherever you are at. And if you're enjoying this podcast, then please share it with someone else. You can also reach us by emailing recovery at palmvalley.org.